Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the first book of Kings, that is Malachim Aleph. We are up to chapter 15, that would be Perak Tesvav. And we left off the end of chapter 14 with the death of Yirav Am. So now we have the, um, I'm sorry, we left the end of chapter 14 with the death of Rechav Am. So we had Yirav Am pass away and we had Rechav Am pass away. We learned that when uh, Rechav Am passed away, his son Aviyam took over. Uh, and we're about to learn who took over when Yirav Am passed away. I'm sorry, we also learned that it was the son of Yeravam, Nadav, who took over after him. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time when the, often there will be years mentioned that, uh, you know, so-and-so ruled for so-and-so many years and so-and-so ruled for so many years and so on. And often there are discrepancies that offer some challenges as to how to figure out the dates. I'm going to warn you now that that is something I'm not going to delve into. Uh, unless maybe here and there it might have some significant relevance, but I'm not going to spend time trying to reconcile all of the years. We're just going to read the text at face value. Yeravam and Rechavam, having been the founders of the two separate dynasties, Rechavam, of course, continuing along the lines of David to Solomon to Rechavam, Yeravam founding his dynasty, but those were the two leaders at the beginning of the two kingdoms. Uh, when they split. So Yeravam of the northern kingdom of Israel, Rechavam, the southern kingdom of Judah. <coughs> and as we will learn, the, the, uh, the um, two kingdoms took two, two very different trajectories. Of course, there were many similarities. There were time, many times when they were at war with each other, sometimes when they were at peace with each other. Uh, they had... Uh, started off with two common destinies, but they each went in two very different directions, and we will learn about that as we go through the book of Kings. And as we shall see in this chapter, we start to see glimmers of hope in the southern kingdom, glimmers of, of stability, uh, both uh, religious stability and uh, monarchical stability, government stability, and we see signs of increasing instability in the northern kingdom as it descends further and further into idol worship. And as we learned, of course, the southern kingdom of Judah was not exactly innocent of those sins, but they seem to come back every once in a while on the right path. So here we go in chapter 15 as we continue the saga of the two kingdoms. Uvishnas Shimona Esrei in the 18th year, Lamelech Yeravam ben of the king Yeravam ben uh, a reign, Molach Aviyam al Yehuda. That is when Aviyam, the son of Rechavam, uh, ruled over Judah. So, in other words, Rechavam died while Yeravam was still king. So now we have a period of time where Aviyam, Rechavam's son, was the son was the king of Yehuda, uh, uh, while uh, Yeravam, the original king of of Israel of Israel, was still the king. Shaloshanim Molach Yerushalayim. He ruled for three years in Jerusalem. V'shem Imo, and the name of his mother is Ma'acha Bat Avishalom. <coughs> Ma'acha, the daughter of Avishalom. Now, this, this, um, this is not the first time we point out the, the mother, like we mentioned by Rechav Am, that his mother was 
Naamah uh, Amunit, Naamah from Amon. And we mentioned before that it seems that that these the the queen mother was a very important figure at this time, and she beca- as the monarchy is developed both in the north and the south, but mostly we're focusing right now on the south that they were a, a, a key figure in the government and had a significant influence. Uh, in these cases, both Naama and Ma'acha, as we shall see soon, was a negative influence, specifically in the religious arena. <coughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be that way, <coughs> but we will find this theme repeated, that the Queen Mother seems to be in an official position. And that's why we keep pointing out, and the name of his mother was, uh, the, the, the Chazal, the rabbis, and uh, 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 traditionally point out that um, that they call them by the name of their mother because of their mother's significant spiritual influence. In this case, negative spiritual influence on them. This Aviyam he continued in all of the sins of his father. Remember, here in the Book of Kings, Rechavam is only pointed out for his evil deeds for leaving the leading the people of Judah, number one, for causing the split in the first place, number two, <coughs> for allowing the people of Judah to descend into idolatry, to build uh, a bamot, um, altars all around the country, and to asherot, uh, you know, uh, those are trees that were worshipped by, uh, as, as idols, and so, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> and so on. Aviyam continued in that way, Asher Asalifanov, and his heart was not whole, was not complete with the God, the Lord his God, like David his ancestor, his father, was. So the David his ancestor was faithful to God, but Aviam was not. Note that it uses the term here, and we find this in many places, David Aviv, David his father, even though David was obviously not Aviam's father, David was Aviam's great-grandfather, but he's still called Aviv, and that's important in the interpretation of several verses that are coming up soon. Hileman David, it is because of David, because of David, that Nosan Adonai Elohav lo near that God gave him a a near, um, which is understood as, as a lamp, in other words, a light, something um, special in, in, in Jerusalem. Lohakim uh, to establish his ch- children after him and to establish Jerusalem as the capital of the nation and the capital of the religion of where God would be served most uh, uh, specifically. So the, the um, point here being that Aviyam was no good, right? But even though in contrast Yiravam and the north was also no good and Yiravam was punished with uh, the prediction which we learned of in the last chapter that his kingdom was not going to last, but David's kingdom last despite lasted despite the fact that Aviyam was not such a great guy as we just stated because of the zuchot of the merit of his forefather. It's a little bit more complex than that. I mean that's the basic idea, but it's more than just the fact that David was given this promise because God had told David too that if they don't keep the, the, t- the Torah, if they don't walk in God's ways, that their kingdom would be taken away. So the issue here is, is that because of David's leadership, there was a spark of good in the kings of Judah. Even the bad ones had a spark of good. And we see this in Divrei Hayamim in Chronicles, 
where the career of Aviyam was uh, is, is 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 described in more detail. I'm not going to go into that here, but I just want to mention that although for the purposes of the Book of Kings, which is less of a history book, and Divrei Hayamim Chronicles, which is a little bit more of a history book, um, but for the purpose of this book, the idea is just to say he was a bad king, he was not uh, a faithful to God. Asher David Why? Because David let, did proper, what was proper in the eyes of God. And he did not turn away from that which God commanded him his entire life. Other than the sin that he committed in the matter regarding Uriah Hachiti, who was the husband of Bathsheba, whom uh, uh, David had killed in order that David should, could marry his wife Bathsheba, which was the great sin of David, which we discussed in a significant amount when we studied that in the book of Shmuel and the book of Samuel. Now, so it points out that David did, and I'm going to point this out many times, Asher saw David, David acted in the proper way in the eyes of God. Emphasis here being, and I want you to make uh, a note of this, this is consistent throughout Tanakh. When it talks about the compliments of the kings of of Judah or any righteous king, it mentions how he acts, how he does. This is a fundamental idea in Judaism, a fundamental idea of Tanakh, that that the way to God, the way to achieve uh, what God wants us to achieve, the way to gain the goodness that God promises us if we go in his ways is exactly that, by going and acting in his ways, not by trying to get blessings and sacrifices and prayers and so on. This is the fundamental idea of Tanakh. And as we progress through Tanakh, this is going to become more and more and more clear. If you watch the language carefully, then you will see this idea getting more and more clear. That Yerav Am, remember in the last chapter, we mentioned how he thought he can trick God by getting a blessing, by dressing up. He thought he can, you know what, God doesn't want to be, uh, we don't need to pray with him over there, we can pray over here, we can make some golden calves, we can bring some altars, we, uh, we can build some altars, we can bring some, some sacrifices, we can burn some incense. You know, that's how we get favor for, from God. But that does not work, that is not how it works. In order to gain God's favor, one has to do and act what God has commanded. David, that David has done. And, and remember, and even when we mentioned before, we said, what was the criticism of, 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 of um, I'm sorry, Aviyam? It was, he went in the sins of his father, this is verse 3, Asher assault Lefanov, that which his father did, right? In other words, he did not act that way. That was his criticism. However, There had been war between Rechavam and Yeravam all the days of his life, Right? But yes, are divrei aviyam, v'chol asher aso, halohem kituvim. Behold, they are written. And whatever other things happened and occurred to aviyam, and all of the things asher aso that he did, halohem kisuvim al sefer divrei hayomim l'malchei Yehuda, they are written down in the history books, the chronicles, the annals of the kings of Judah. And you should know that there was war between Aviyam, the king of Judah, and Yeravam, who was still at the time the king of Israel. So now, uh, Aviyam 
passed on and rest, laid to rest with his father, Vayikberu also beir David, and they buried him in the city of David, Vayimloch Asa v'no tachtav. And Asa, the son of Aviyam, became king in his stead. He took over the kingdom. Now, so here we have a... Um, we have we have dem we have uh, mentioned that this civil war has been ongoing, continuous, pretty much from the establishment of the Northern Kingdom. This uh, this civil war has continued, and the civil war is going to rage on and get even worse as time goes on. And again, there's more details about the civil war shared in Devarim and Chronicles, but for here's the Book of Kings. This was enough to state, which is that Aviyam was bad. He followed in his father's ways. The people remained idolaters and so on. And he acted in the way of his queen mother, who was Ma'acha Bat Avishalom. Um, now we're going to move on to the next king, Asa. So Asa, the son of Aviyam, the son of Rechavam, who was the son of Shilomo, who was the son of David. So we're now the fifth generation of the kings of Yehuda, the kings of Judah. Now, when did Asa become king of Ishnat Esrim Yeravam Melach Israel in the twentieth year of the reign of Yeravam, the king of Israel? Malach Asa Melach Yehuda, the king. That's when Asa became the, was crowned the king of Yehuda. Exactly how the years work out, I told you. I'm not going to concentrate on that. Asa had a very long a reign for forty-one years. He ruled in Jerusalem. V'shem Imo, and his mother's name was also Ma'acha Bat Avishalom. Now, how is it possible that Ma'acha Bat Avishalom should be the mother of Aviyam and also the mother of Aviyam's son, um, who is Asa? Uh, disregarding, uh, so the, this is why I mentioned before that it is clear when it talks, just like it's, when it said about Aviyam, David, his father, it said his father, while he was really his great grandfather. Same thing over here, it's saying Ma'acha was his mother. What it means here was that she was the queen mother, even at the time, even though she was actually his grandmother, she retained that position of queen mother during his reign. And Vayas Asa Hayashar Adonai ki David Aviv. And Asa was a different kind of person than his father and his grandfather. He did what was proper in the eyes of God, just as his father David did. Remember again. His father, meaning not his actual father, but his forefather, his ancestor. Asa was whole with God, and he brought the people back. And again, this is an indicator that that even in Rechavam and even in Aviyam, there was there was some good. There were some redeeming factors, and like I said, those redeeming factors are mentioned explicitly in Devarim Hayamim in the Book of Chronicles, which we will get to together. Hopefully, after we finish the Book of Kings. At, uh, one and two, which we still got a way to go, but after we finish them, the next book we're going to study is Devarim, and I deliberately chose to do it that way in order to parallel these these books, Kings and and Chronicles, uh, paralleling the differences and similarities and how each one complements the other, etc. By Aver Hakadeshim, what did he do? He removed all of the male prostitutes Kadeshim, right, Minharets from the land. Vayosar et Kol Hagilulim. And he removed all of the idols, Asher Asu Avotav, that his fathers, in other words, that Rechavam 
and Aviyam made, and this doesn't necessarily mean, it means some that they actually made and some that they allowed to be made or supported their creation, their building within their kingdom. These, um, the gamet ma'acha imo, and he also ma'acha his mother, in other words, his grandmother in this case, va'yisireha migvira, he, he took her down from the position of gvira, of queen mother, asher asta mifletzet la'ashera, because she made a terrible, terrible, uh, abominable mifletzet, um, uh, uh, which means a monstrous thing, is, it would be the most literal translation, a monstrous thing to the Asherah, the goddess Asherah. Vayichros, the, according to the rabbinic tradition, this monstrous thing was a phallic object, uh, which was a very, um, very debasing and grotesque um, um, a, a, a symbol for the Asherah. Vayichros asa etz miflatsta, asa chopped down this 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 object, this this uh, um, monument. And he had it burned in Nachal Kidron, in the Kidron Valley next to Jerusalem. So uh, it, it, this might be a good place to say a little bit about what Baal and Asherah were. The two, um, the two uh, idols that keep coming up are the idol of Baal and the idol of Asherah. The cult of Baal was, was these two are re- very closely related, and this was the cult, a Canaanite cult which became so prevalent among the Israelites. Now, Baal made its way into Hebrew, means a husband, literally means an owner, but in in those days, days, of course, the husband was viewed as the owner of his wife. The Asherah was his consort, was his queen. The uh, Asherah is the goddess of fertility, from which one um, gets... Uh, you know, fertility, children, literally, and also fertility of the land. The Baal is the god of rain, right? Uh, this is a little bit of a lesson in Canaanite mythology here, but it's important to understand this. Baal is the god of rain, and it's also symbolized by a male, which fertilizes the female, and then the female brings forth the fruit, which is the child. In their symbolism, the god of rain planted this, puts the seeds, you know, nourishes the ground with its rain, and then the ground brings forth its, 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 its fruit, which is grain and fruit, etc. This was the, uh, um, and the idea of the, of the uh, sexual slavery which went on it was the imagery and the, the um, significant, well, it was more than just promiscuity, but it was having people enact this for the, the um, for the idols, which was which was what was so grotesque, and why this kedesha and kedeshim are constantly mentioned as something that was like the the bottom of the the lowest level of of what of what to the of where people descend when they enter and they practice the the practices of this cult. So that I mean, I, it was a little short. Of course, I'm not an expert on these things, but I'm just giving you some of the basics based on on my readings in, in many different places. So this mifletzet is viewed by the rabbis as an image of a, of a large male, or, male sexual organ, which, which is, makes sense that that would be placed near the asherah, the asherah, which is a statue of, of, of a woman or, or a, some kind of a wooden pole or, or maybe a tree that was uh, viewed as the, the woman who brings forth the fruit 
and having this mifletzet near that is part of the ritual. And he took that and chopped it down and burnt it. However, vihabamot, the bamot, which are the various uh, altars that were scattered around the land, presumably these bamot are bamot that are designed for people to worship God, right? How, those he did not remove. So the people were still wedded to that idea of serving God with sacrifices, even though God himself has stated repeatedly that he does not want these bamot to be scattered all around. He only wants it in central Jerusalem at one spot. Think about that for a moment because it's so important to understand. What God is really saying is the vast majority of people, when they want to pray, did not have, according to what God wanted, would not have the option of praying through sacrifice. The only option they would have would be to pray or to travel. If they really wanted to bring a sacrifice, they would have to travel to Jerusalem in order to do it. So the temple in Jerusalem was actually a way of limiting the worship of God through sacrifices. It was actually a way of stopping people from worshiping God through rituals that, that took place in the temple. It was something that would, they were not supposed to do. And Asa, however, did not remove these bamot, these altars. Asa instead um, left them be. He could not... Uh, uh, influence the people enough he couldn't pu- he didn't push that last mile he got rid of the overt idol worship but he was a nomad he, although he was a good person because uh, it says rak levavasa the heart of asa hayasholemim adonai kayamav was always complete with god so asa had that um tremendous closeness to god and he meant well but he didn't wasn't able to go all the way so this is our description of asa uh, and unfortunately, we're going to find through many of the kings of Judah, even the good ones like Asa, they were still not able to, to completely rid the people of this idea of, 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 of Bamot, of this idea that one could worship God with, through, through sacrifices anywhere, wherever they want, rather than come to the central location of Jerusalem. Anyway, this, I will end this part of chapter 15 here. We're going to continue uh, the career of Asa and we are going to read a little more about how he um, interacted and was not a very good way uh, with the uh, northern kingdom. And we're going to learn a little bit more about the continuing of Yeravam's dynasty in the north and what happened to Yeravam's dynasty and so on. So thank you so much for studying chapter 15a together with me. Looking forward to finishing chapter 15 together and of course this entire book of Kings. Have a wonderful day.